Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Horns. I am Miles Simmons. DeMarco Farr is to my right. It is September 12th, just about 11 a.m. Pacific time here in Agora Hills, California. Thank you, Miles, to my studio. left. Yes. <laughs> Miles is to my left. Yeah, I, this is the way I like to be when we're on this show, you know? You're technical. I love it. But I, it's the it's almost the way I open the show every I time. Know. Why are you like derailing me right now? Yeah, yeah, right. Six feet tall, three hundred pounds. What? Who? You? Yeah, I'm just oh, saying. Just we're going like we're going to be like specific. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sitting at six foot tall. That's right. Three hundred pounds. To your Super right. Super Bowl champion. That's right. I like Demarco Far. Yeah, exactly. To All your right, left. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm to the left. Should right. I introduce myself. Go ahead. Six foot tall. 185 pounds. Uh, I, do not, I, I don't believe that. Anyway, the Rams are 1-0 <laughs> after yes. defeating the Oakland Raiders 33-13 on Monday wow. Night Football. Hell of a game, wasn't it? Wasn't mm -hmm. that fun? It was fun. Yeah. Once you take the emotion out of it, of, of course, we're rooting for the Rams. But just from a football perspective, I think that's exactly what the league needed. Yeah. One of those games on the biggest stage. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It, to, to, especially to cap off what was a really interesting week one mm -hmm. around the entire NFL. Lots of stuff. I mean, outside of football, outside of what was going on inside the stadiums. Just a lot of talk about the NFL. Finally, you get back to football. And it was just an old-fashioned slobber knocker. That was fun. That was yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, it was interesting, I think, just from the perspective of the fact that you have the Rams who have all these expectations, mm -hmm. and then you go into Oakland, and, you know, the Raiders kind of bludgeon you a little bit yeah. on that first drive, especially Marshawn Lynch getting that touchdown. You get John Gruden on the sideline going, yeah, yeah, you know, and you see that on ESPN, and then the Raiders take that three-point lead in the halftime, but the Rams had complete control of that second half, outscoring the Raiders 23-0. to Completely flipping it. I mean, that was about as – how do you say it? They flipped the script. It was almost as dramatic as what Aaron Rodgers did, coming back from 20 points down. Yes. Coming off the, you know, the, 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 the locker room from being injured to come back and win, but – Seeing Sean McVay in this offense and this entire football team flip the script on the Raiders in their own stadium mm -hmm. and seeing that raucous crowd go from crazy to frenzied to standing still to oh no to walk out early. Yeah, that was amazing. It was like a three part act. Yeah, it kind of was. It was, you know, and the final act was all Rams. It, mm -hmm. it was it was great to watch. Yeah, I, I just thought that the Rams did a really nice job of making those adjustments, mm -hmm. you know, and we talked about it a lot last year. The Rams owned the third quarter last year and then were able to do so again in, in this one. And it started really from that first drive. They didn't get the, the touchdown on that first drive, but I think just starting with the ball coming out of the locker room and then going down the field and getting points to tie that game, it, it sort of started that tide to turn. Every time I go in, into the locker room at halftime, I'm always amazed at how calm everyone is hmm. from players to coaches and vice versa from, from coaches through the players. I mean, they're just going over their adjustments and instructions. There's complete confidence that they can turn whatever situation around into their favor. Hey, this is what they're doing. This is what we're going to do. And now let's go out and execute. And that's exactly how they played. Right. There was no rah-rah. There was no flipping over the Gatorade table or anything. It was just sit down. Let's adjust. This is what they're doing. And this is how we're going to combat that. And they went out and ab absolutely took it to the Raiders you in know, the second half. Flipping the Gatorade, whatever, that doesn't seem like anybody's style on this team from a coaching staff perspective. No, right? it shouldn't be. I mean, maybe if you have to do that, if you're a coach and you have to do that at halftime, it's probably too late. You yeah, have done well, that you on Monday and Tuesday. You weren't ready to play, yeah. probably, if that's what you got to do. There, that's right? what I would read into it. And maybe, I mean, if you've got to fire your guys up, and sometimes it does work if your guys need a shot in the arm or a kick in the pants 
at halftime to get them motivated, but it wasn't like that. It was John Gruden had 15 plays, a scripted 15-play drive, and it absolutely worked to perfection. Yeah. Now, go to the sideline, go into the locker room, figure out how to get that slowed down and then stopped and get back on track defensively. Offensively, hey, look, stay on the field. The yes. longer you stay, the more points you're going to score. I, exactly. I think they've proven that with this offense. All right, let's stick with the defense for a second sure. because I think just pitching that shutout in the second half was definitely a product of the Rams first seeing what Oakland was going to do to attack them. Because that we talked about this last week. Mm -hmm. It's very hard when you've got a, a guy in John Gruden who has been out of the league really for the last you know 10 years basically, mm -hmm. and he's been in the booth. You don't know what he's going to call. You don't know how that's going to go. As it turned out, they wanted to get Jared Cook heavily involved, and he was, and he kind of crushed the Rams. You know, nine receptions, 180 yards, had 100, and I think 13 of those yards in the first half. But Akeem Tlaib put it like this in the locker room after the game. He said, "Look, if you show Wade Phillips something." He's going to be able to come back, and he's going to have something for you in the second half. And that, to me, is the story of this game. Yeah, I mean, he's going to find – any coach, great coach, is going to find a way to take away what's been working for the other team or make it hard for them to, mm -hmm. to get back to those matchups. But, I mean, we talked about that going in. Tight ends are going to be a problem for this defense yes. all season long. That's not going to change. And no disrespect to Jared Cook, but that's the best I've ever seen him play. Yes. Yeah, physically. And I mean, he absolutely brought it. So – Making a bet with you, I bet that would be his high watermark for the year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, he played the game of his life well, against look, his former club. I, I think of all the storylines we were kind of talking about going into this game, Jared Cook revenge game was not one of them. No, but if he was holding a grudge, <laughs> he held on to it for years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and he took it out on Kim yeah. Tlaib on that one play and where he. There might be another one this week with Sam Bradford oh, if you're holding a grudge. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, to me, was the interesting thing. I, it was funny hearing Aqib Tlaib talk in the locker room, and, and I asked him, you know, is that the, the difference with the, the defensive adjustments coming out of halftime, is that just the difference with Wade Phillips? And he says, yes, you know, because he's the GOAT. You know, mm -hmm. he's got, he said, his daddy was the GOAT, now he's the GOAT. He's yeah. got goat blood. He's got goat blood? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. it. Was great. There's tiger blood, warlock blood, now goat blood. But, yes. yeah, I mean, look, there's not, there's not that much stuff you can run at Wade Phillips that he hasn't seen of or, or coached against already. Well, that's, how, that's what happens when you've been in the league for four decades. Yeah, but I love what they did with Jared Cook. They gave him different looks with different guys. Now, I mean, you slowed him down enough to make, make enough plays to win the game, but he had a terrific game on paper. Yes. But when it finally mattered, you made enough stops to get off the field and give your offense the ball so they could score. What did you see as the adjustment that, that happened on that? Well, they got punched in the mouth. I mean, look, we talked about this on the last between the horns. The Raiders' offense is warmed up, especially that offensive line. They had played in the preseason. They showed up on game day with bloody elbows already because they had been through the fire, at least some preseason reps. That was the first time the Rams' defense as a unit had been out there together. Yes. for extended reps so yes. and we said the first drive was going to be rough it was going to be physical with that offensive line with Marshawn Lynch and the head coach's mentality you knew they were going to bring the fight to you and yes. they did and credit to the Rams defense for waking up after getting punched in the mouth they got up off the deck they proceeded to play better in certain areas getting off blocks making plays on Lynch getting pressure on Carr I thought the hit Aaron Donald made on on Derek Carr changed the entire game I that, that changed a lot. That really put the fear of 
I don't want to say God <laughs> into Derek, <laughs> but a fear of, of being hit yes, into Carr, and he started to rush a lot of throws after that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's interesting that you have a play that ends up in a penalty, but probably ends up as a net benefit because especially in that second half, when Derek Carr seemed since any kind of trouble in Side that line. pocket, yeah, yeah, ball's going away. Got it. And out that of happened there. on a couple of third downs, and yeah. that's when Oakland's crowd kind of started to boo him. And I'm, you look, I like David Carr. You know, Derek. Derek's no David Carr, oh. Derek's brother. He tweeted out that the hit, moment. the hit was dirty. Oh, I look, I have really? two older brothers. Anytime I got blocked, they thought it was a hold. Okay. They're brothers. That's what they do. All it right. wasn't a dirty shot. Look, he got knocked on the ground. He's trying to get the yeah. quarterback on the on the ground, but intent doesn't matter. If you hit the quarterback below the knee, it's going to be a flag. It, yes. Yeah. So I, I agree. Take the 15, but the impact alone and the effect on Carr change the entire game. It's worth it for it 15 definitely yards. I, you yeah. know, I, I wouldn't call that play dirty. Yeah. I mean, I, under, Neither I, hear, would I. I hear what you're saying yeah. um, from Derek Carr or David Carr. See, now you got me doing it. Sorry. His brother. The older Carr brothers. <laughs> right. When he sees it, yeah, it's probably, you know, you don't, don't That's hurt his my little brother. brother. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, but I think when Aaron Donald is trying to make that play, it's very hard for a defender who's been knocked down to the ground. You're supposed to swipe. And when I watched the replay, it looked like that's what Aaron was trying to do, but his shoulder got a little too involved, and that's why you then get the roughing the passer penalty. Well, well, yeah. And it, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what the discussion was on the field, but I saw Aaron going up to officials and being like, hey, what, what happened here? Right. Well, I mean, I've been in that situation before where you're scratching and clawing and trying to get to the quarterback, and you get knocked down or whatever. You trip, and you're in front of the guy, and you look up, and there he is with the football, so you're just trying to get to him with everything you've got. You push forward, you hit him below the waist. You have to make that call as an official. You do. You do. Uh, intent doesn't matter. I'm, I'm sure Aaron said, I wasn't trying to hit him there, but the official says, you did. Right. It's 15. So, But the effect helped the Rams. It changed Derek Carr for, for the remainder of that game. It, I thought when he went to the sideline after one, and you can see on the broadcast as I was watching it, that like he goes up to John Gruden, and John Gruden's kind of looking at him like, dude, what do you, you got to give yourself a chance mm -hmm. to do something when it's third down. I think that is going to be something to monitor and I guess watch over the course of this season when he's with Gruden. Like, how does he yeah. grow on those third downs and giving your receivers a chance? That's their problem. It is, it is their problem. <laughs> we are done with them. We are now. done with yeah. them. What, what, if you look at this box score, though, and as I have it in front of me, Amari Cooper gets three targets, one reception, nine yards. What does that say about the Rams' secondary? I, I think those guys were playing lockdown football yeah. out there on the perimeter. Uh, we didn't hear much from Jordy Nelson. Mm -mm. We didn't hear much from Omari Cooper. Maybe that's because Jared Cook was doing so much damage. Um, I can't say it was because of relentless pressure on Carr. There was consistent pressure there. I would agree. Uh, but it wasn't relentless. Like, he wasn't just getting blasted every single play. But right. So when you look at those numbers, you have to say those corners were doing their job. And when you watch film, I mean, they're in the hip pocket of those receivers uh, on pretty much every single route. So that communication between – car receiver and cornerback was like hey you can't throw here right you don't have room to throw here or throw at your own risk marcus peters was close two or three times and finally he got one yeah he did. yeah i mean that's going to be in the head of every single quarterback out there i mean throw at your own risk yeah for sure uh let's talk about that marcus peters pick because yeah. uh, we did it for all 22 and you can watch that on the rams.com but I love that interception for many reasons. A, the celebration was awesome, and that is just That's Marcus exactly Peters. how I went to bed last night. I did. That's exactly how I, in, I, I jumped in bed last night. <laughs> Tell me you weren't tired all day Tuesday. 
I was very tired. That's what I mean. When, when the I'm, day was done, that's how I hit the sack. <laughs> <laughs> when I was done with everything, that's exactly how I got in bed. I'll tell you what, man. I do not really <laughs> like Monday night games because especially <laughs> Monday night games where on the West Coast you're playing at 7. Like, I have been behind, I feel like, the entire week. In a, in a fog. Yeah. yeah, yeah and and yeah. it's just like, man, you know, like I would have to get five takeaways done. And it was like... I was doing something yesterday at three o'clock and I was like, oh no, like I didn't do this yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, man, all these different things are now have to happen on Tuesday because it's it's Monday, but it's also Tuesday and you got to combine two days. Well, credit to the coaching staff for getting the guys ready to play at seven o'clock on a Monday. Yes. And then flipping over on a short week, getting ready for Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to let anything be a distraction. Absolutely So we not. can't either. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, oh, woe is me. I have to write. <laughs> articles so quickly uh but the right. peters pick in, in that yep. play peters is freelancing right because that's what i saw because it looked like okay um, that play was supposed to start as quarters you can only call four. it freelancing when you don't make the play that's called instinctive football it is no no no, no. Yeah. I, I i don't mean freelancing in a bad way right i mean it in a really good because that's yeah. a smart football play. that's what i mean that's instinctive when you make the play it's instinctive it is he could have made the same jump and missed it that's freelancing yeah okay. when you make the play instincts no it's really but <laughs> yeah. it's smart instinctive football because yeah. on that play you've got trips over to the opposite side of where marcus peters is so the defense is left and you have Jared Cook, who's lined up as an in-line tight end, and then you've got running back in the backfield, mm -hmm. right? So when Jared Cook decides, I'm going over to the defense's left, mm -hmm. that really means that there's nobody who's ever going to be in that in Marcus Peters' area of quarters coverage, right? Mm -hmm. So Because you've already got the hook-to-curl player for the running back. So that's why Marcus Peters can then go over and be in a place where he's not supposed to be. And Jared Cook is going to stop thinking, okay, I'm in, because everything over there is zone coverage. Right. He's stopping saying, I've got zone coverage, I should stop here. Derek Carr, I, I've got zone coverage, I can get him this ball and he can go and get some yak. Right. And then no, because Marcus Peters is there. Because that is, as you said, it's an instinctive football play. Yeah, I mean, once, like, as a defender or anything, any athlete, when you're facing an opponent that just gets in a rhythm, and you can kind of pick up on that rhythm and not give away the tell, you can make plays like that. Hmm. I see where they're going. They're in a rhythm. They're not really comfortable running this play. They're just going to run it so I can jump this route or I can take the A-gap if I'm Aaron Donald because they're in this rhythm. So once you have that sort of feeling, now I'm glad it's late in the game when you can do that. Then That means you've seen almost every one of their plays right. and know the cadence and know where they're setting up and what they're trying to do. Once you have a feel for it, I mean, only the gutsy great players – will actually try to make that play. Some guys will just sit on it. They're afraid to make a mistake. Mm. Marcus Peters is not afraid to make a mistake. No. Because on the other end of that is a big play. It's yeah. a pick six. Huge play. I, I, I mean, there's. I, I would bet 80% of the corners in the National Football League wouldn't have the guts to make that play. They're afraid to make a mistake. The elites will. Yes. They're, they're okay with giving up the big because at some point they're going to make the big play going the other way. But in that particular instance, you're not really risking giving up a big play. No, you've got help. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that's, it's something that Akib Tlaib, and I believe this was in uh, Ryan Karchi's feature on Marcus Peters for the uh, Southern California News Group. Akib Tlaib basically said that people don't give Marcus Peters enough credit for how smart he is just as a football player, you know, because Marcus Peters makes plays like this and people just say, oh, wow, well, that's Marcus Peters. But when Richard Sherman does it, it's, wow, what a smart football player, right? 
This, to me, is an example of Marcus's, Marcus Peters' really high football IQ because of the way the defense is. Like I've said, there's nobody that's going to be in Marcus Peters' zone of the field right. it, on that particular play based on the way the offense is lined up. Mm -hmm. So that's why he knows, okay, I can take a risk and try to make a big play here. Look for work. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. Look for, it's like it's like on the offensive line. You know, you don't have look, anybody to block. Go upfield, look for something. Look look, for go work. hit somebody. Yeah, he smells it, he sees it, and he's got the guts to try to make the play. Yes. Yeah. Only the bold make plays like that. And only the truly bold can celebrate a touchdown like that. Yes. Yeah. That's also your, true. Your cousin's own touchdown celebration. Yeah. Who's actually in the stadium. In the stadium. <laughs> what I called it, when I tweeted it, I called it a tribute to Marshawn Lynch. That's okay. what I thought it was. That's a nice way of putting it. That was more of in your face. I mean, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you, oh, saw, yeah. you saw it that way. Of course. What do you think it was about? I thought it was kind of like it's, hey, all, it's all love, but... That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. That's right. why I, I saw it more as a tribute. But when, because when it's we like, get to oh, the family cookout, guess what everybody's going to be talking about? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, that's oh, fair. Oh, yeah. That, that's definitely fair. Uh, two more picks in that game, though, mm -hmm. by the Rams defense. One from Corey Littleton, which I don't know what exactly Derek Carr was doing on that play. Go back and listen to Between the Horns when we talked about who's going to make the first pick. Was that all access or Between the Horns? Oh, I think that might have been all access. Because I picked Corey Littleton. Oh, you did. On a, I said on a tip. Ooh. But I would bet I said he's going to make the first play. Okay. Quarterbacks will just lay one out there and forget about the linebacker. And they did. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it almost looked like Derek Carr was trying to throw that ball away. And he just didn't throw it far enough. I think away? he got caught like that a few times. Um, yeah. There was one in preseason where uh, Brandon Allen. Uh, threw one out there against the Saints, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like, it was a check down kind of throwaway, and it just kind of left, the, it was in the middle of the field, and yeah. it got picked. Kind of the same situation. Quarterbacks get caught in between. Mm -hmm. Just be definite. If you're throwing it away, throw it to the stands. I, I believe he said after the game that he was trying to give Jordy Nelson a chance uh -huh. on a one-on-one -on -one ball, but like, <laughs> it wasn't one-on-one. -on -one. Well, yeah, uh, tough throw, but good play by Little. Yeah, and Little nice return, too. Little, I call him Little. You just call him Little? Well, yeah, it's short for Littleton. Okay. That's what we do. We make nicknames for people. I've never call. I've never heard you call him Little. So you may even call him Little Man at some point. That's just what they do with when you okay. have names. No, nah, nah, man. Like you, you, you do that. <laughs> I just, I've never heard you say that before. So it's I was, a good play by Littleton. Thank you. A nice return by Littleton. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. He's a Washington Husky. I just thought I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to let you do it. No, nice play, though. Um, you know, I thought early uh, when they were catching the Rams uh, with uh, catching the Rams defense, not being set. That's all on him. You've got to get the play in and get them down and get them set. Yeah. I don't care if it's quick count or goose step or goose snaps. You've got to get them down, get them set. That is on you. Like as a quarterback, if you have false starts or delays of games that's on you yeah. so that's on the 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 signal caller on defense to get them down and get them set but 12 tackles on a pick man i mean that's that's awesome yeah that's a great game that's a, that yes. is a good day at yes. the office that's a great day at the office uh john johnson also had the in, in another interception um for the rams and that to me in terms of the situation that was maybe the biggest pick of the game yeah and uh, dare i say the biggest play of his career because Ooh. I remember when he came in, when he took over, and he was a revelation starting. When he took yeah. over at starting strong safety, changed the entire defense. But I remember guys would go at him, or they went at him early, and he would kind of get down on himself yeah, a little bit on the sideline, like hold his head down or mm -hmm. separate himself from the rest of the defense, and they'd have to bring him back in. Well, 
Okay, so Jared Cook went at him and made some plays. He didn't quit. He fought back and made a play. He yeah. turned the tide. Yes. I thought that was huge for this team and huge for him. Yeah, and that's what they always talk about. Sean McVay talks about this all the time. When things happen, don't blink. Mm -hmm. You know, keep working at it. And talking to John Johnson, um, we did a feature on him for Behind the Grind um, during the off-season program, or even before the off-season program, I guess I should say. And he was down in Carlsbad, um, you know, down near San Diego working out at Exos. And we, when we did our interview with him, he was talking about being in the Eagles game last year. And like, that's, that's one where one. we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, where right. They're going at him early right. with Trey Burton. Mm -hmm. um, I think Zach Ertz was hurt that game. Who, who Was Brent Selleck still you playing You know, I don't there? remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. But well, whoever <laughs> yeah. the two tight ends were, Trey Burton, I remember, got a touchdown catch. But he was basically, John Johnson was basically saying, you know, there was a certain point in that game where I felt like I was losing the game for us. And I think that's what you're talking about. He had to kind of separate himself a little bit, get mentally back in it, and then say, all right, no, I, I, I know I got this. I know yeah. I can do this. And then he did that. I think where he is now taking a step is he doesn't necessarily feel like I'm losing the game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's more, all right, I, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I've got tight coverage. You know, sometimes they're just going to make a play. But I've got to go make a play, too. And that's what he did. And there's just a realization as a defender sometimes – that you kind of know they're coming at me. Mm. Their whole game plan right now is to defeat me or beat me, and they think that they have a pigeon, a mark, yes. somebody they can make plays against. And that could be true. You have to make plays to back them off. And right. I thought that play was huge. It was. That turned everything. It may not for the play caller, but definitely for the guy who threw it. Yeah. It may have changed his mind. Wow, yeah. that kid can make a play. Mm -hmm. Now I can't go at him as aggressively as I thought I could. Maybe I don't have a mark. Maybe that guy is good enough to pick me off because he just did it in the end zone. Right. Yeah. And it was an underthrown pass. It was an underthrown yeah. pass. A good pass, maybe Cook makes a play, maybe it's a, a PBU. A great pass, Cook did have position. That might be a touchdown. Maybe. But you're in position, you made the play, great play. Well, I, I was talking to J.B. Long yesterday, and he said that when he was talking to John Johnson, Johnson told him that, you know, I, I felt like I could have made that play even if it was a better thrown ball. Yeah. I mean so, – it Maybe. would have been tough. That's a tall receiver that probably jumps over your head to make that. Yeah. But as it was, like you said, it was one-on-one. -on -one. It was quarterback and receiver who felt confident they could beat you, and you picked them. Yeah. That changed everything. It, it definitely did. Um, looking at the defensive line, Aaron Donald pretty hard on himself after the game when he was talking to reporters. What did you see from him on film? What did he say? He was basically saying that I don't I don't feel like I played up to my standards because I didn't do blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but look, you, you have to go back and look at everyone who's played, every defensive tackle or anybody that lines up where Donald plays, uh, playing against that offensive line. Most of them get ragdolled and punked and thrown around and just beat senseless yeah. in there. No, he was given as good as he was taken. Well, the, the play where he was called for um, roughing the passer, mm -hmm. I mean, he absolutely destroyed a simile. And that is and, a very good player. And you never hear that. No. You never hear someone destroying a simile. I know. And this is a guy who had no camp and no preseason. Right. That was his first <laughs> snap in football this season, and he's going against one of the best and just ripped him like Just said. tossed him yep. like a little rag doll. I Imagine what he's going to be in a month. Right. With, with practice and games and all this sort of stuff. So I think you'll start to see your return to dominance very soon because I think this is very uh, a fair comment to make. That offensive line is the best you're going to see for the next month. Really? You think so? That's a really good offensive line. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah.
Even um, Colton Miller, I, I thought he did a decent job. He was called for a holding penalty once or twice. I can't quite remember. Yeah, off the top I of my think head. it was um, easily. easily. Easily definitely right got one. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't. I think there may have been one later, but there might not have been. But I, I thought it was good to see Easley on that out, outside of the defensive line as an edge rusher, and he seemed pretty productive to me. Yeah, it's when you have compromised knees, and I think that's not telling anything that we don't know about Dominic Easley. Oh, I think he's yeah. had three ACLs now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when your knees are compromised, it's tough for a down lineman to push off out of a three-point stance. Yes. That's the first thing that's going to go. So where can I put him to where he can still be effective? Mm -hmm. Move him to the outside. You don't have to be in the three-point stance. Stand up, get some momentum, and then start your power rush or your, your pass rush moves. I, I think he is incredibly tenacious. Wherever you line him up, it's going to be painful for the other guy. Right whether or not he makes the play. But Dominic Easley is a tough guy. When you say he's got some dog in him, that is true with him. Yeah. That guy is ferocious. I love having him out there in uniform. You know what's funny? I really thought, at least going into training camp, that um, Obo Okoronkwo would be the one to come off the PUP list mm -hmm. and then be able to play week one. And that's basically because of the way um, the Rams were describing his injury situation. Mm -hmm. um, but after that foot surgery just did not respond as well, and then you get easily back, and then they say, okay, we're going to put him at, at outside linebacker slash edge rusher, what have you. And then he not only plays, you know, a little bit in that preseason game um, uh, in week three, preseason week three against the Texans, but now you see him in week one, and he's really productive. And honestly, I kind of thought that anything you get out of easily would be a bonus mm -hmm. this year. But now I almost start to feel like you can kind of count on him a little bit. You can. First and second down and maybe some pass rush downs. I mean, is he, he's going to give you everything he's got, mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, and those sort of players, to me, set the tone for the defense. Now, you've got Donald, you've got Sue, you've got the corners we talked about, everyone else on this defense. But guys like him set the tone, a physical, painful tone for the offense. It's just going to be nasty for you yeah yeah all day long if you bring it here this is what you're going to get so you might as well try over there we're right. over there stacked too so yeah uh he, he's the guy you want on your side in a street fight for sure yeah. uh opposite um uh, uh easily and you sort of just brought this up is samson abukam oh great game yeah. yeah yeah great game four according to the box score four total tackles three tackles for loss one of them i almost thought was going to be a sack but i guess car fell down off trying to get a play action or oh, something. Oh, they took the sack the from him? Yeah. Oh. It was just a TFL. I hate when I you know hate what? when they petition the league to take away a but sack. The, no. Cowards. If, <laughs> if we, the Rams might be able to petition the league to give to actually give him you'll, a sack. Yeah, you'll be on hold forever. <laughs> Trust it's me. It's happened before. Yeah, I, I've tried. Where it's worked. Yes, you'll be on hold forever. Okay. Yes. But they still could do it. Um, but they, I think they took the sack away in uh, the press box there. A okay. home press box, for sure. So they said it was a run play. They, they called it a run play. Okay. And then just gave him a tackle for loss. Fair enough. Yeah. You seemed a little bummed by that. We Mr. all know. Defensive we, guy. we all know. It, is, it should be a sack. Yeah. I think it should be a sack. To our group, you know, the quarterback hunters of the world. Yes. That's my little society. That's a sack. The quarterback hunters of the world. Yes. You that, guys have like little hats or we pins. Ha we have a union, absolutely. Oh, a union. Secret meetings and hats, yeah. We well, do. they're not so secret anymore. You're just not invited. Well, I you're I, on the other side of the board. <laughs> I understand you why I would not. Yeah. I understand why I would not be invited to a secret password for society. Right, that but that, no, leave. great play. I thought he played tremendous football. Uh, I thought uh, against the run, he he really showed up yeah. against the run. He was really really good. Yeah. Well, and it's something that he expects the coaching staff expects for him to take 
a significant jump year one to year two. Mm -hmm. And part of it is just the fact that he's now had an off season. Last year, he really didn't, you know, because of the way the rules work with, oh, if you're on the quarter system and you haven't graduated, then you can't come to OTAs and you can't do the mini camps and all these different things. And then he gets to training camp and he gets hurt on that first day that they're in pads, pulls mm -hmm. the hamstring. And then, you know, finally when he gets in, you can see that he's got some explosiveness. But he definitely did a lot to improve just his body composition mm -hmm. in the offseason. You can tell when you look at him, his upper body is oh, yeah. much more built. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also just learning the defense and getting better at that. He's clearly done a really good job. He's starting to gain a reputation. I mean, with stuff like that that goes around the league, like Arizona, is definitely going to take notice of how he played. So oh, yeah. at some point it's going to be – Right now, it's the guy that lines up opposite Donald or lines up with Aaron Donald or with Sue or with Michael Brockers. Pretty soon, it's going to be you have to worry about Abukam out there. We have to worry about how to block him and oh, keep him out of the backfield. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not just – he's not necessarily the player you highlight yet. It's But you, but keep, playing, you keep playing like that, you yeah. will be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, let's turn into the offense, sure. too, because the offense maybe started off a little bit slow. I mean, I don't think we actually said maybe – kind of did. Um, 0 of 3 on third down in the first half, and that definitely had uh, was a significant reason why the Rams only got off 20 plays mm -hmm. on offense to the Raiders' 39 plays in the first half. Do you think that had more to do with the Rams sitting in the preseason, or was that just, well, they didn't have too much film on Oakland? Yes and yes. Yeah. Uh, the Raider defense played. Uh, so that first series, mm -hmm. that might have been play 50 for the Raiders, that's play one for the Rams. That, that's different. It is. Yeah, so the, the, the tempo, the speed of the game is a little bit different. I thought the third down pass to Brandon Cooks was right there. It was it was an iffy no call. There was a lot of contact on that comeback route. I, you could see, at least on the TV copy that I watched, where a lot of the Rams' sideline was reacting uh, like uh, there's a lot of contact here. But that, that no call set a precedent for the rest of the game because there was tight coverage everywhere. Mm -hmm. there, that could have been a flag fest or a let them play situation. I'm glad they let him play. Okay. But that could have been a first down that kept them on the field. But yeah, I, I think the Rams, you know, once they got warmed up and once they got their sea legs under them, uh, I thought the offensive line dominated. Mm -hmm. There was zero pressure or next to zero pressure on, on Jared Goff. The sack by Bruce Irvin, he got loose in the backfield. Yeah. One could argue that Goff needs to find a place to go with the football or take off. I would agree with that, actually, especially by that point. But other than that, I thought they were masterful. Run and pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with all the stuff that they were asked to do, changing tempos, uh, some voice inflection, getting out on screens, pulling, there wasn't a single pre-stat penalty on the offensive line. Yeah. That's tremendous. And remember, they were starting to back up. Right. In Austin Blythe. So that's what I was going to mention, too. How I about Austin they, Blythe? They did a great job on Monday night. Terrific. They, yes. And uh, honestly, even that hold that got called on John Sullivan, when I watched it back, I'm like, man, that just looks like a pancake to me. Okay, see, that. now that was the umpire because I believe they called Osimile for holding when he pancaked Michael Brockers. That was a twist and a slam. Mm. But he got called for holding. Yeah. So... Sullivan does almost the same thing. Well, the same umpire has to make the same call. Okay. Yeah, you got to call it fair. Yeah. So I get it. You, you plead your case. Hey, look, that's just a normal block. Yeah. But tonight, he's calling that holding. Yes. At least he called it both sides. Well, I guess that's yeah. true. Um, but that, that play, that holding call, really, I thought derailed what was going to be a really good rushing 
drive for Todd Gurley, oh, yeah. who actually finished with over 100 yards mm-hmm. on the ground, which when I looked at that it, it, after the game, I was kind of like, whoa, because he had four carries for 19 yards in the first half, mm-hmm. which is good. That's a 4.8-yard average. But when you look at it then, you say, whoa, like the Rams really did get the ground game established in that second half. And Gurley ends up with 147 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown because the Rams were able to get in the rhythm and get plays. He set the tone. You laughed at me or looked at me funny when I was comparing him to a knife. I did look at you funny because I didn't understand. I told what you, you where he you were was going a weapon. With now this once he turned it up and, and started bringing it on the Raiders, he was leaving bodies in his wake. Literally, <laughs> well, he did. Yeah, you that's, need the guy in the head. But that's what I was talking about. This he's never going to be better than what he is now. Use it. Use it against the Raiders. Use it against Arizona. Mm-hmm. I, I think you set the tone with 30. Yes. Every time out, and he is running for leather, hell-bent for leather right now. Well, look, that's A, that's why he got paid, Mm -hmm. and B, that's why you only have two running backs active on game day. And that's something that we were a little bit surprised by. No John Kelly, no Justin Davis active for game day. But look, when Todd Gurley is going to get, I think, about 90% of the snaps, um, and then you have Malcolm Brown in there, for four or five snaps. And they were great. Yes. Great four or five snaps. Very plays. productive yeah. on each one of those snaps. Yeah. What the heck else do you need another running back up for? Well, that whole conversation when we were trying to figure out which running backs were going to stay on this football team, and we said Malcolm Brown is the perfect backup to Todd Gurley, and you saw exactly why. Yeah. Todd needs a couple of plays off. Malcolm comes in and runs the ball with power. Yep. And great hands out of the backfield. Yes. On a play called for him. Yes. Tremendous. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's what it called for. That's what the backup tailback needed to be for Todd Gurley. But using Todd Early to set the tone and having success running the football will set everything else up. Play mm-hmm. action passing, all the misdirection. Plus, it'll set up more runs for Todd. Yes. He keeps gaining momentum. Because I guarantee you this, for the most part, if you keep giving the ball to Todd Gurley, the defense will wear out before he does. Yeah. And I thought, I think you saw that in the fourth quarter Agreed. against the Raiders. Agreed. Yeah. They were getting worn down and he was just getting started. Mm-hmm. And that's really the that's the benefit of having somebody like Todd Gurley paired with somebody like Sean McVay who can be creative and who can get things done in that way. I, I really like the sequence where they went right to Todd Gurley two times in a row on screen plays. Mm-hmm. And you the first one goes for, I don't know, four or five yards, if that. And then the second one goes for 17 because they're doing a second down blitz. Mm-hmm. And the call is perfect. Caught him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, it, you know, when I was sitting there in the press box, I just thought, wow, like, McVeigh's getting getting Gunther on one of these. I bet you don't think I'll call this again. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like boxing when you see a guy throw a combination and it seems like the other guy just knows it's coming and counters perfectly. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Okay, blitz, screen. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great preparation and great execution. I thought Todd's first touchdown, which is a touchdown reception, it which is. is almost unfair. Why? Because of where he received the football. That's a darn handoff. That's a pass. I said Fair it. enough. I love that. Good for I, Jared Goff. Right? I know. That's probably the easiest touchdown pass he'll ever make, How right? far did that ball travel? <laughs> Six inches. Six inches. In the air, And you perhaps. get credit for a touchdown pass. He sure does. I mean, you should petition to give that to Todd. <laughs> <a rushing> touchdown. <laughs> That's actually true. It was funny, though. In the, in the press box, 
initially they announced that as, oh, Todd Gurley, 19-yard run. I was like, nope, that's a pass. That's a pass. You got to know, man. That's, you got to know. As but, I said, as yeah. soon as that play went off, up, oh, that's a pass. But the blocking up front, I mean, Great. the guys, everyone, all five guys, but especially the guys on the right, had to block two people. Mm -hmm. They had to at least get a piece of their man that's on the line of scrimmage and then get to the second level. Austin Blythe was in the end zone with Todd. He sure was. He was downfield, and he got a piece of the safety that at least gave Todd a shot to get in standing up. Yep. Tremendous, I mean, tremendous play. Caught the Raiders. You should have seen the Raiders' defense after that. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Who, what, where? It was funny talking to both Todd and Jared Goff in uh, the locker room after the game. And yes, Todd about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, I knew we were going to score on that one. I knew they weren't ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Because you've just, you've never seen something like that before from the Rams' offense. It was, it was very new and very creative. I'm glad Todd is near Hollywood because he's a great actor. Because when he went in motion, he gave the the impression of, I'm so tired. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he just turned on the gas. <laughs> I know. Well, he gave the impression, like, we we did this one for yeah. all 22 as well. And it just kind of looks like, all right, I'm jogging into the backfield, yeah. and I'm going to line up next to Jared in the shotgun so he won't be in single yeah. back formation on first and ten. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was just, you know, when Jared lifts oh, his yeah. leg, boom, turn on the speed, turn on the jets, and boom, you're going If I'm the, the opposite zone. coordinator, that would make me give you the finger from across. <laughs> that would I would be hot at that. Yeah, yeah. That's, hey. it, it was it was a great play call and it was excellent execution. You it, can't it, run that play any better. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I noticed from um, just the Rams' offense, especially in the first half, everybody's taking the jet sweep now. Yeah. Um, look, this is. I hate to go back to last season, but okay. When Tavon was in the game, yeah, you knew what it was. Yeah. It's going to be some sort of end around or some sort of little gimmick play with him. Well, now that could come from anywhere. Exactly. It could be Cooks. It could be Woods. It could be Cooper Cup. Uh, the Cooper Cup did. He took yeah. he took a carry. He took two carries for twelve. Or excuse me, two carries for sixteen yards. So imagine being an outside linebacker, defensive end versus this football team. You're always on alert for that. Right. Which will hold you. Yes. Against Todd Gurley. That's exactly the point of it. <laughs> right. And I think we saw so many times Robert Woods come in motion yeah. as if he could at any point take that jet sweep. Yes. And, and now you know that it, because the Rams did that, and it was that's just a brilliant thinking from McVay. Yeah. You put this on film, so first play of the game is a jet sweep to Brandon Cooks, and that gets decent yardage. And then you have Cooper Cup do it twice. You have Robert Woods do it at some point. It, and you show Robert Woods coming in motion. It means that that has always got to be on the defense's mind for every single play. No, he, Sean McVay is a master of defense, so he can pretty much figure out your responsibilities. You can't really make a guy void his responsibility on defense. Right. What you can do is make him hesitate. Mm -hmm. You can make him a little bit slower. You can make him just doubt himself slightly. Just enough so you can either get the edge or get the cutback. Exactly. It's, it's just a complete... Mind screw. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, on every thank single you, thank play. Thank you for putting it like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's, and that's the point, because all Todd Gurley needs sometimes is that, just that little hesitation. And that, to me, is why you see Todd Gurley take more cares probably in the second half after yeah. you've had a little bit of the mind screw with the, the, the defensive line in the first half so that they are a little bit more hesitant to go after that. I don't think they, the Raiders bottled him up. Uh, I think every single run play, they, the Rams got to where they wanted to get to with Todd Gurley. Now, the Raiders made tackles. They're professional defenders. They yes. should make tackles. But when you look at how those tackles were made and where Todd's helmet was in relation to the defense, he's outside. Mm -hmm. He's already outside of you, so yeah. he's won. Now, you may have scored the tackle, but let's see how many times you can make that same tackle on Todd. Eventually, 
you're going to miss. Yes. And you did. Yeah. And they did. And he's going to get out in the open field. Absolutely. Uh, you know what's interesting to me, and as I look at the box score right now, basically you had five skill players who were doing things. Yeah. And, and get, either getting a target or getting a carry in this game. Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Malcolm Brown. Those are all – and Jared Goff took a knee at the last play to, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But those are the five guys who took carries. Those are the five guys – who had receptions or even had targets mm-hmm. in this game. Is that sustainable? Sure. I-, I thought Brandon Cooks played a phenomenal game. That will translate to anybody's defense. He's just open. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's just running better routes versus the coverage given. So he's getting open for, getting open for Jared, uh, Jared Goff, and yeah. Jared Goff is getting in the football. I think that translates. Uh, eventually, those – Deep passes to Robert Woods are going to wind up being connections. Yes. Not just misses or, or near misses. Uh, so those are going to start to come around. Um, Cooper Cup, if you can improve upon, I guess, the drops early. And some of those could have been bad passes. The, the, I, I'll say this. That one on the left side is what I think you're referring to. Right, right when he hit the dirt. Yeah. yeah. And it, that, you know, you're coming off the grass onto the dirt. There's things going on. It's probably not the best thrown ball, but it was in a spot where only his receiver could catch it. Right. Uh, where you all have three Raiders defenders basically around him. I'm with you. Degree of that, difficulty was up here. It was but, high, but you got to expect that Cooper Cup will make that catch make because that you catch. know he can make right. that catch. When you start making those catches, Catches, those big chunk yardage when you have opportunities for big plays if you hit on 90% of them well you can make the game easy mm-hmm. because they're open they're there they and are. there's no pressure on the quarterback you right. absolutely had the Raiders yes yeah but you just missed on the play so if you start to connect on those you're talking about big field flippers yes yeah and you didn't have to use Todd Gurley to get there right yeah then you can you can use 30 to finish a defense off in the red zone what the Rams did get was a couple of uh, pass interference penalties yeah which was good to see from you know that deep threat of Brandon Cooks I loved when Goff let the ball go Hmm. on those passes he saw man coverage saw a defenders back to him and got the ball up and out yeah so his receiver could track it yeah for X amount of time versus when the corner had a chance to make a play. So all you can do is either slow down or adjust to the football and let the DB hit you and get the penalty. Right. It's all on when Goff threw that pass. That's Brady-esque. Hmm. That, that's elite quarterback school there. Because, yeah. you know what, if you account for those yards, yeah. and I think you kind of can look, excuse me, Brandon Cooks already had five receptions for 87 yards, mm-hmm. which is a good night, I, I think. But then if you add that, that's basically like 150-plus yards yeah of offense that you can account for from Brandon Cooks. That was a dominant performance. So, yes, I think that can replicate and translate to next week and next and the week after with Brandon Cooks, yeah. that sort of production. Uh, the one position we didn't see is tight end. Not even a target. That's got to come up. And that's kind of where I was going with that question. That has got to come up. Yeah. Sure, you got by the Raiders with it, but at some point, that safety valve has got to present itself for Jared Goff. Right. No, at some I, point. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It was it was interesting to see that the Rams were pretty much exclusively in eleven personnel throughout mm-hmm. that game. You you look at it, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks played ninety seven percent of the snaps. I think there were only two or three plays Good. that it, they were not in. They didn't have any preseason, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Fresh legs. Well, yeah. there there was one play where the Rams did go thirteen personnel that I noticed, and that's when they tried to get Todd Gurley on that wheel route backside mm-hmm. after Jared Goff goes over to his right. And that play was covered, so Jared Goff throws it away. That's mm-hmm. a good play by the quarterback. Um, but 
you had Tyler Higby out there for a lot of those plays as well. And he was blocking, did a good job blocking. Give him credit, too. Yes. If we give the O-line credit, if he's attached to the offensive line, then he's part of that group. He yes. did a great job. Blocking. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think you probably like to see Gerald Everett a little bit more. He was only on the field for a few plays. I saw him on the bike. Yeah. I did see him on the bike. All right, well, he on was trying line. to keep warm. Yeah. Now let's get hot on yeah. the field. Yes, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I mean, that's still, it's a second-round pick. And yeah. you want that guy to be more productive in year two. He should, I think, have that chance. Didn't really get it, though, uh, as my basic point here in yeah, this yeah. particular game. Uh, you need that position to come up because at some point, maybe, look, you're going to have Patrick Peterson this week. Yep. It's going to be a little bit different for receivers trying to get open against that guy. For so sure. at some point, that tight end is going to be the matchup you want to exploit, like Jared Cook and the Raiders. Mm -hmm. That's the matchup we know we can get. So at some point, the tight end here has got to emerge. I, I would definitely say so. Uh, quick note on special teams. Johnny Hecker looked like an all-pro. Two punts, both of them were incredible. One was 55 yards, bounced out of bounds at about the eight-yard line. The other was uh, 62 yards. So two punts inside the 20. I think he's in mid-season form. Tremendous. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'd like to I, see it, looked like, it looked like you were about to say something. I, I'd like to see less of them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have one or zero. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Let's I'm, have him warming up all game. Exactly. That's it. I'm yeah. down with that. Uh, Greg Zerline, also a really nice game. He did miss that field goal the way he kicked um, from the infield dirt, but still had four field goals, one from 55 yards out, also three extra points, 15 total points for him. Um, 55 he, from the dirt. From the dirt. Wow. It was That was very impressive. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a big-time play in a big-time situation. That might have been good from 65. And it might have been, right? Yeah. I mean, that crossed the bar probably five feet over the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a strong – but who did, who doesn't know that Greg Zerline has a strong leg? I, the it, guy can boot. I think yeah. everybody should, especially after the way you performed last year. But uh, really good for him. NFC Special Teams Player of the Week in his first game back after um, going through – Awesome. Um, back surgery. Um, awesome. Last season. Awesome. I mean, just tremendous. Uh, he, he's a he's an absolute weapon. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a long-range well, sniper. I thought Johnny Hecker was the weapon. Johnny Hecker is <laughs> – look, I, I, it's it's so sad, and I, I kind of agree with this. You know, punters and football players, punters being football players, okay, we can debate that. But when you talk about one of the best players in the league, you have to include him. His timely punts and where he gets them out of bounds and how much he limits return yards – is just as important as anything Todd Gurley gives you. Well, that's part of the Ram. That's part of what makes the Rams great is yes. that you can flip the field with a guy like Johnny Hecker. And whenever you get to a certain point on the field, you know you have points because Greg Zerline is as True. good as he is. Well, every team sports what they think is a game-changing punt returner. What's yeah. the point when Hecker's out there? You won't get a chance. You probably will not. Yeah. yeah. Even if you have it blocked well, it may be in orbit. <laughs> so yeah. even if it's blocked well, they're going to find a way out before it comes down. Mm -hmm. Or he won't even give you a shot at it. So yes. I, I think he might be, like I said, one of the best football players in the game. He I, just doesn't get that name because he's a punter. Right, right. Well, speaking of returners and great return men, the Rams are going to be without theirs for at least the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, Sparrow Cooper has suffered a pretty serious ankle injury. Um, McVeigh said the best way yesterday that the best way he could describe it is that it's a pretty serious ankle sprain. Um, and so he may need to have surgery to fix it. He may not. Um, but that does put the Rams in a bit of a bind, especially because Mike Thomas also suffered a groin injury during that game against the Raiders. So that's Mike Thomas is the backup kick returner. 
Um, the backup punt returner, as it's listed, is Farrell Cooper. Excuse me, Cooper Cup. Mm -hmm. But I, I tend to feel like if the Rams are going to use Cooper Cup on 97% of the offensive snaps, do you really want him out there returning punts? No, but I can have him out there fielding. Yeah. Yeah. And just wave it and Absolutely. say fair catch. Catch it, secure catch, give the ball back to the offense, yeah. which isn't bad. No, it's not. Yeah, they can when drive When you have an themselves. explosive offense like this, yeah. Punt returns, I mean, sometimes they're a luxury when you have great offenses. Sometimes they're a necessity when you don't. Right. That's your best weapon to move the football because your offense can't. Well, this is a little bit different. Just make sure you secure it and give it to Jared Goff. Yeah. And let them drive the field. Right. And and that well, that's what it started out as last year. Mm -hmm. If you remember when Tavon Austin, as this is the second time we've not mentioned him on this podcast, we had trouble fielding those punts. Mm -hmm. And then they just said, All right, Cooper Cup, you go out there, fair catch it, and then we're good. And then they turned to Farrow Cooper, and it just turned out that they found lightning in a bottle mm -hmm. with somebody who had already been returning kicks for him. I, I, I hope he gets better soon because yeah. he's – I thought when he fielded the short punt, he told everyone to get away, Yeah, had the Peter call, and he was great with it, get away, get away, get away, and it bounced in front of him, and he caught it to save the, the, the field position. Yes. Smart play. Yeah. Not just a guy that's hell-bent on returning for touchdowns. He's actually smart when he's returning. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the mark of a smart return man. The unfortunate thing is that's the play where he was injured. It, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, too it's, bad. It's but, the game. But it was. A, it was. I mean, when you list the great plays of the game, that might be one that gets overlooked. But I think that was as big as any big play in the game. Well, because the Rams then went down in the field and scored on that drive. Right. So that I think what you're saying is true. You help maintain that field position, and then you allow the offense a chance to go down the field and score. Tremendous play. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's something that the Rams are now evaluating as, as this week goes along and people probably listen to this podcast over the course of the week. Later on in it, um, you, we will probably have a more definitive answer that's been said as, a, uh, as to whether the Rams will go with an internal or external option mm -hmm. for um, kick returning and punt returning. So we will see. Well, I mean, I started going down the list of guys that are on the roster and who's returned punts before. And the first guy that popped into my head was, has Cooks ever returned? Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Cooks. Yes, and he has, but um, I don't know if I would want to use him as a punt returner. Right, that's the same issue that I would have with yeah. Cooper Cup being out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as a guy that's going to bring it up the field yeah. and actually take on a, a punt a punt team, I don't think I would want to risk my receivers. They're nah. so important. So, yeah. fair catch, field it, give it to the offense. Yeah, uh, it, what is interesting, and maybe this will happen, maybe it won't, but JoJo Natson, who did return kicks and punts for the Rams um, during the preseason, is still out on the market as a free agent. Wouldn't so. be shocked if you see him back I there. would not be shocked yeah. if we saw I him back there either. I thought he had a great preseason. I did too. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I was kind of surprised when I looked it up yesterday and that he did not latch on with anybody else. Well, I almost said, like, I, was, I was hoping and happy for him. I hope this goes around the league and I hope he finds a job. Mm-hmm. Okay. If not, I hope he can stay here because yeah. he's pretty good at yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he, he definitely was. Uh, so let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals a little bit. Sure, huh? bring it. Um, I think um, they did not have the best performance against Washington last week. I think wow. that's pretty apparent. This is nice, Miles. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah, a quick story, though, um, before we get into that, and I meant to start off this way. Steve Wilkes, um, who the Rams interviewed mm -hmm. for head coach, um, when they ended up hiring Sean McVay um, back in, in early 2017. So I was at the Combine in mm -hmm. February and walking down the hall back into the media center, and Steve Wilkes is like ahead of me, like pretty far down the hallway. And I don't know, he turned around and he saw my face, and then like he turned back around, and then he like doubled back, and then he started walking toward me, and then he was like, you know, he came up to me and he goes, 
you know, I'm so sorry I don't remember your name, but I definitely remember your face from when I was interviewing and I talked to the Rams and like you do mm -hmm. the videos there and you're part of their media team, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Steve Wilkes, da, da, da. and I was like, of course, yeah, Coach Wilkes. He like, introduced himself to you? Yes, he that's, did. That's always cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, like I can't believe yeah, that yeah. you remember me. So that was that was really cool. Denzel Washington Denzel Washington introduced himself to me once. Really? Yeah, in the press box. I'm like, Really? <laughs> did, 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 did you just tell me you're Denzel Washington? Okay. Thank yeah. you. I didn't yes. know. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But I just thought, you know, that yeah. was, it, it says something about his character that, like, he yeah. would remember me of all people yeah, yeah. a year later. And, you know, I congratulated him on becoming the head coach yeah. of the Cardinals. All now. first or new head coaches took it on the chin this week in the NFL, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. It was, At 0 and 6 or 0 and 7, whatever it was. It's, it's, it's rough, man. I mean, preseason can be intoxicating. You think you're better than what you are. <laughs> Right? And then when you hit the regular season, it's a little bit different. It is. Yeah. No matter what you think of Team A or Team B, like, no matter what you thought of the Raiders, they played better than you thought week mm -hmm. one. No mm -hmm. matter what you thought of the Washington Redskins, they played better than what you thought oh, yeah. on game day. Yes. That happens. Yeah. Yes, uh, for sure. It's interesting, though. There are wacky results, I think, mm -hmm. all the time in week one. And, you know, we can maybe talk a little bit about this later, but... Uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints, definitely a wacky game one result. Right. No, not getting too far away from the Rams, but I I think we talked about this. Um, it's going to be hard to get that job back if you're Jameis Winston. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fitz, if, if may Fitz not plays give like that, that he may yeah. not give that back to you because I saw some – never mind. I just saw some different reactions out of the offense mm. with Fitz around. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right, but just I, I say that because I think Arizona is better than what they played last week against Washington. Well, we're going to find out. Mm -hmm. We're going to find that out, uh, especially offensively. But when you look, I mean, Alex Smith ran 82 plays. Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford's 52. Right. So you could say that Alex Smith outplayed Sam Bradford. Yeah. Yeah, he was more accurate. He was more productive, more efficient with his passes than Sam Bradford was. So I, I'm, I'm not sure if sam bradford can improve because he is a veteran and he is who he is at this point it could be that's who they are it hmm. could be this could be a season-long struggle for them remember there is josh rosen that's hanging around as the, as the number two and well, everybody's waiting for when he's gonna assume the number one spot you know if if arizona looks like they did offensively last week for another couple weeks it, it's got to be sooner than yeah. later right right and when you get to these situations where you have an incumbent or a veteran starter and a first round draft choice how long does that veteran usually hang on to that job? Well, it depends. Right. You know, I mean, we saw it a couple years ago. Case yeah. Keenum got, what, six, seven games? Yeah. And then they replaced him after a win? It, it, it always happens that way. So, eventually, that offense is going to change. So, I think that's what you saw on game day. Or at least, that's what I picked up on on game day. No, I, I would agree with that. David Johnson, though, is back. And he's definitely a dynamic runner. Yeah. And he's somebody that can really get things started. No and doubt. I think they'll probably try to feed him a little bit more in this game. No, Ironhead Hayward was a teammate. And God rest his soul. Um, but you could rename Marshawn Lynch Ironhead for the way he runs. <laughs> I'm serious. If there's not a hole, he's going to make one. Now, David Johnson is the exact opposite. Okay. That's like trying to build a stone dam and hold back water. I'm serious. Uh, you a have stone dam and hold back water. Imagine you and I are trying to build a stone dam and yeah. holding up. I mean, we have to do that fast and we have to be coordinated. Yes. If I make a mistake or you make a mistake, the water's coming out. Same with David ah. Johnson. If you miss, if you're trying to do somebody else's job or you don't play the block correctly, he's going to find a way to come out there. Okay. He can come out of anywhere, no matter where he takes the handoff or which way he goes to start. 
Where he finishes is up to you as a defense. So basically you're saying that the defense has to be very technically sound. You have to be. You have to be gap sound against him. Because yes. he's going to be looking for any sort of daylight, and he's got the burst to get there. Yes. That No, I, I yeah. think that's for sure. Larry Fitzgerald, still Larry Fitzgerald, oh, yeah? yeah he's, 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 he's the GOAT. Uh, he's the best. He's, he's, he's immortal. He's going to live forever. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He's going to Canton someday. That bust will live forever. Oh, that's what you meant by you that. You won't be able to tell like, the story like, of professional football without mentioning him. Absolutely name. not. Yeah. He's one of the best receivers of all time. And he's, sure. he's, he's more than that. He's a football player. That guy will come down and chip on defensive ends and knock them silly. Yeah. Yeah, and then help them up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is a complete football player. He is, like you said, this is an honor to, to be on the field with a guy like that. It's just funny when there are guys that I grew up watching and mm -hmm. that are still playing, and Tom Brady, one of them, and Larry Fitzgerald, definitely mm -hmm. another one of those guys where I remember like playing Madden, and you play with Larry Fitzgerald, and you want Larry Fitzgerald on your team because you know how good he is, and he still is such a high-caliber player. If you've been in this Rams ride for 20 years or more, right, I bet you're finding it as funny as I am to watch Bradford throw to Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Because Bradford was drafted to beat him. <laughs> yes. Now he's throwing to him. Yes. This game is funny. The business of football is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's just funny. I mean, look, you can go back a few years and just think about the way that this team had such high hopes for Sam Bradford. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when I started this job back in 2014, um, that was supposed to be the turning point year. Because they had gone out, they'd signed Kenny Britt. Well, it, it was, we had another year. You were right. It was the turning point. I, I just know. Just in the wrong direction. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, and and yeah. I just, it was my first away game that I was working. You know, we'd go to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. it was weird because it was my hometown. And, like, I was covering a game in, the, in a city where I grew up, like, rooting for the team and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, Bradford goes down. Yep, and the the fear immediately was is second ACL, and it, it really it changed the complexion of that season, but also really the course for this franchise. It it, it does, and I, I think injury after injury, it, it has to get in a guy's kitchen at some point, no matter yeah, how probably. tough you are. So I think look, every starting quarterback's stated goal is to win the game, or you wouldn't be a starter, right? Yes. You have that competitive yes. drive. I think for Bradford, following that or in close second is staying healthy. Of course. Right. You got to make it through. Right. I don't think that's in Roethlisberger's head. Hmm. I don't think that's in Aaron Rodgers' head. I don't think it's I, in Jared's head. I think it might be in Bradford's head. Huh. I think he's a guy, like, there's many, many articles about Sam Bradford being checked down Charlie. He's very safe with the football. Yeah. I, I think that the health comes into play when he's out there playing. Mm -hmm. if, if he senses rush or heat or he gets hit, it's checked down. Yeah. It's either dump the ball, check down, or the play's dead. Right. Yeah. Well, and that, I think, we definitely, or I think you could see some of that last week when they were playing Washington, and it just the way sometimes Sam Bradford would let go of the ball and ball sails either a little bit, or it's just not where it needs to be in order for the receiver to make a play because right. the, the rush is coming. Well, I mean, some of those out routes he missed, and he missed badly on a few. And yeah. it just seemed to me like, it seemed like the receiver was kind of schizophrenic like in practice there were two different quarterbacks throwing the same route huh. and one throws this way and one throws that way hmm. so that might have been a Rosen route instead of a Bradford route oh. it just seemed a little bit off 
Yeah. Interesting. Whenever there's that, that's what I mean. Whenever you have that veteran and the first round quarterback, there's always going to be a little helter skelter on offense. Okay. On game day. Interesting. Well, the other thing that I noticed in that game, um, at least from Arizona's defensive perspective, was it seemed like Washington was really trying to attack the middle of the field, maybe stay away from Patrick Peterson on the outside. Mm -hmm. And so they got Chris Thompson heavily involved. Adrian Peterson, I think, had 26 carries for about 96 yards. Chris Thompson is underrated. He's really underrated. And <laughs> yes. he was really a, a big factor last year when Washington beat the Rams in week two, oh, yeah. as I remember. But um, I think that is going to be where maybe the Rams can also attack, that middle of the field he's, going at the linebackers. He spun Dayon Buchanan into the ground Ooh, on a touchdown. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He is, he's a problem for anybody. Yes. Uh, but – Watching Arizona and the way they attacked, I mean, it seemed like for the first half, it was all either Adrian Peterson or Chris Thompson. Yes. And and that was it. And that was enough. I mean, they absolutely took it to him in the phone. Oh, and they definitely did. And they sustained a yeah. lot of drives. They did not really allow the, the, uh, the Cardinals to get on the field very much at all. I think right. they had something like five first downs maybe in the entire first half. They, they barely played at all. Yeah, and Alex Smith was very accurate on his throws. Yes, he yeah, was. He was very efficient. Every, even when there was nothing there, he at least advanced the football scrambling. Exactly. Yeah, he just kept the pressure on the defense. That's his game. Mm -hmm. That's that's his genius, if you ask me. Yes. It may not be the bomb. It may not be the big field-flipping play, but he's going to keep the pressure on the defense by steadily progressing the football down the field. Exactly. Now, I, I, as I'm looking at my phone, because I'm looking it up, Arizona had 14 first-half plays, two first downs, 36 total yards, 7.03 time of possession. I thought something was wrong with the video. It went from first quarter to the middle of the second like that. Exactly. I'm like, whoa, okay. And I looked, oh, you guys didn't run that many plays. No, they yeah. didn't. And Bradford was only three of seven for 11 yards in the first half. Yeah. So you turn it to the other side of Washington, 44 first half plays, 22 first downs, which is basically as many as the Rams had the entire game against Oakland, 261 total yards. And basically, I mean, as I took notes when I was watching the game, Arizona just didn't have an answer for the backs or tight ends in the first half no. at all. And there's not that many offenses in the National Football League that can overcome bad starts. Most, most of the, you get off to a bad start, it's going to end that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you may have the big comeback at the end, but it's not going to be enough because of the hole you dug your, yeah. for yourself in the first quarter. So I think Arizona kind of proved that. But good offenses can start slow and start to build momentum like the Rams. Yeah. I think you just want Gurley to be able to eat in this game, though. And the yeah. difference in, I think, the way Jay Gruden probably called that game against Arizona and the way – Sean McVay will probably call the game against Arizona. You're not going to salt away as much. You're, well, yeah. McVay wants chunk plays. Well, if you and I are calling plays, right, and we have certain plays in our offense, like run plays, that are just probing plays. We want to see if we can get this so we can get this later. Right. What happens if the probe play breaks for 13? Oh, great. Call it again. Yeah, call it again. That's, <laughs> what it again. I, that's what I say. I think that's what happened in Washington. Mm -hmm. Oh, that worked? Do it again. Yeah. Oh, they can't stop the run? Let's give them some Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Okay, now they're really in trouble. We'll give them Chris Thompson out of the backfield yeah. and see how they handle that. Yeah. I, I, I would sort of expect maybe a similar attack this week. If you can run the ball, the, the, the most direct line to the goal line is a handoff. Exactly. If that's working for five, six yards a play, keep using it. Yeah. Why not? I, I would say so for sure. All right, anything else that you've noticed about Arizona that you want to talk about? We're almost in here for an hour already. Really? That yeah. went by fast. I know, right? Yeah, God, I guess we've had a lot to talk about. Um, Just, you know, look, I, I think the, the Sam Bradford factor, and it's with a lot of quarterbacks. If With Derek Carr, same thing. If you 
let him know that his health is in danger, I think you get a completely different quarterback. Interesting. Now, the opposite's true. If you let him think or let him get in a rhythm, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. If you let Sam Bradford feel like, I'm fine and I can take this game over, he will. Well, look, Sue and Donald are going to be going against a rookie center this week. And, mm. you know, I don't, I don't mean to disparage Arizona, but you said this. Look, Oakland's offensive line is probably one of the best the Rams are going to face for the course of the first quarter of the season, yes? Mm. So if you're now going against this offensive line, you may see a little bit more out of Sue, out of Brockers, out of Donald. And they have reps now. Yes. So they're getting up to speed. So, yeah, by game day, they should be up to full speed. And they won't sleepwalk or walk into a street fight. Yes. They'll come in swinging. Yes. They definitely, definitely yes. will. All right. I think that's, that'll do it for this edition yeah. of Between the Horns, guys. Make sure if you're coming to this game on Sunday, you get there early. J-Rock is going to be a part of the pregame festivities. You're kidding you know, me. J -Rock, I didn't know that. Get out the way. Get out the way. Yeah. Get out the way. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yes. Yes. He wow. will be performing when, uh, is the song just called Win or Win, Win, Win? I think you should know that more I than me. <laughs> Why would you ask me? You know, I'm not sure. Back in my day, J-Rock was a break dancer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but that should be fun. That should be definitely yeah, really fun. So be sure to come out and rock the Rams house as the Rams face the Cardinals in their home opener. So for DeMarco Farr, I'm Miles Simmons. Thanks for listening to this edition of Between the Horns. We'll see you next time. Seven, eight,